Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Roll. Do it. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 143, April 22nd, 2019. The record high on this day in Gumption County was 95 degrees in 1980, and it was 22 degrees in 1966. Uh, our friends at Aquaside are going to find this to be a very, very unpopular lake ice-out date. Aquaside, of course, takes care of your lake and pond shorelines, keeps them weed-free. White Bear went out on this day in 1974, and Minnetonka went out on this day in 1952 and 1983. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushere. Can anyone name me one Earth Day prediction over the last 50 years that has come, come true, that has happened? The island of Guam flipped over. No, Hank Johnson, uh, it remains stable. Got it. Mm-hmm. I cannot. We still have polar ice caps. The sea level may have risen some, but has not incited any... A catastrophe. In Polar the May, bears are still alive. Right? In the May 2000 issue of Reason Magazine, award-winning science correspondent Ronald Bailey wrote an excellent article called Earth Day Then and Now to provide some historical perspective on the 30th anniversary of Earth Day. In that article, Bailey noted that around the time of the first Earth Day in 1970, in the years following, there's a, there was a torrent of apocalyptic predictions, and many of those predictions were featured in his Reason article. Uh, and this was written last year. I've been saving this for a year. Well, it's now the 48th anniversary of Earth Day, and a good time to ask the question again that Bailey asked 18 years ago. How accurate were the predictions made around the time of the first Earth Day in 1970? The answer, the prophets of doom were not simply wrong, but spectacularly wrong, according to Bailey. Here are 18 examples of the spectacularly wrong predictions made in 1970 when the Green Holy Day, a.k.a. Earth Day, started. Okay. You ready? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Harvard biologist George Wald estimated that civilization will end within 15 or 30 years unless immediate action is taken against problems facing mankind. That that didn't happen. Nope. 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 Number two, we are in an environmental crisis which threatens the survival of this nation and of the world as a suitable place of human habitation, wrote Washington University biologist Barry Commoner in the Earth Day issue of the scholarly journal Environment. We're surviving, aren't we? Are we surviving? I think we're doing pretty good. Three, the day after the first Earth Day, the New York Times editorial page warned man must stop pollution and conserve his resources, not merely to enhance existence, but to save the race from intolerable deterioration and possible extinction. 
Uh, still, how many billion strong are I we? I think we're pretty good. Okay. Number four, population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increase in food supplies we make. Paul Ehrlich confidently declared in the April 1970 issue of Mademoiselle. The death rate will increase until at least 100 to 200 million people per year will be starving to death during the next 10 years. That didn't, didn't happen. happen. No, that, no, didn't, no, that, didn't, no, happen. that didn't, didn't happen. That didn't happen. Five, most of the uh, people who are going to die in the greatest cataclysm in the history of man have already been born, wrote Paul Ehrlich in a 1969 essay called Eco-Catastrophe. By 1975, some experts feel that food shortages will have escalated the present level of world hunger and starvation into famines of unbelievable proportions. Other experts, more optimistic, think the ultimate food population collision will not occur until the decade of the 1980s. <laughs> Did it happen? I don't think nope. so. I remember Paul Ehrlich. He wrote a book called The Population Bomb, and he had his 10 minutes of fame. He became a Johnny Carson guest, for example. Did he go on tour he, speaking? He, 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 yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, okay. I think he was at Berkeley. Number six, Ehrlich sketched out his most alarmist scenario for the 1970 Earth Day issue of The Progressive, assuring readers that between 1980 and 89, some 4 billion people, including 65 million Americans, would perish in the Great Die-Off. Wow. Did it happen? I don't remember a great die-off. I, didn't, off. I, I didn't, don't recall it. I don't it. think so. Number seven, it is already too late to avoid mass starvation, declared Dennis Hayes, the chief organizer for Earth Day in the spring 1970 issue of The Living Wilderness. It's too late to avoid mass starvation. Well, here we are. People. Here yep. we are. I think we're doing okay. Number eight, Peter Gunter, a North Texas State University professor, wrote in 1970, demographers agree almost unanimously on the following grim timetable. By 1975, widespread famines will begin in India. These will spread by 1990 to include all of India, Pakistan, China, and the Near East, and Africa. By the year 2000 or sooner, South and Central America will exist under famine conditions. Uh, by the year 2000, 30 years from now, the entire world, with the exception of Western Europe, North America, and Australia, will be in famine. Uh, well, the only country in South America that's in famine is the socialist disaster of Venezuela. And that had nothing to do with the climate. It has nothing to do with the ability to grow crops. Right, it has to thievery. do with just corruption and thievery. Right. Mm -hmm. Number nine, in January 1970, Life magazine reported scientists have solid experimental and theoretical evidence to support the following predictions. In a decade, urban dwellers will have to wear gas masks to survive air pollution. Oh. And by 1985, air pollution will have reduced the amount of sunlight reaching Earth by one half. Half? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, Number 10, ecologist Kenneth Watt told Time magazine that at the present rate of nitrogen buildup, it's only a matter of time before light will be filtered out of the atmosphere and none of our land will be usable. That was <laughs> said in 1970. We're still using our land. I think so. Yep. <laughs> Number 11, Barry Commoner predicted that decaying organic pollutants would use up all the oxygen in America's rivers, causing freshwater fish to suffocate. That. That hasn't happened. So far, so good. Yeah. Number 12, Paul Ehrlich chimed in, predicting in 1970 that air pollution is certainly going to take hundreds of thousands of lives in the next few years alone. Ehrlich sketched a scenario in which 200,000 Americans would die in 1973 during smog disasters in New York and Los Angeles. 
Didn't happen. Uh, we got some smog. Didn't happen. No disasters. Has the smog in L.A. improved? Yes, oh, it has. Uh, you mean wait? What do you mean by improving? Dramatically thinned out. Well, okay. first, let's put smog in L.A. in perspective. Uh, Native Americans three hundred years ago dealt with smog because of the topography that L.A. sits down below these mountain ranges, and the air would combine with the ocean currents and uh, uh, ocean uh, humidity, and you'd get smog. And then along came evil man mm-hmm. who invented the automobile and. Uh, I've been going to L.A. for the last 50 years, and 50 years ago, the smog in L.A. was terrible, was noticeable. And as, as, as the free market has encouraged, free market along with wise political counsel like the Environmental Protection Agency, started by a Republican, Tricky Dick Nixon, <laughs> as, as the uh, automobile manufacturing improved, the air in Los Angeles today is damn, damn near might as well be here. Okay. Improved it's, quality. It's, it's extraordinary. Not disastrous, as was predicted. Number 13, Paul Ehrlich warned in the May 1970. Now, let me go back and say, uh, I thought that was that was a wise thing to tackle. Wouldn't we all reasonable people agree that let's try to do what we can to clean up the air we in the Los Angeles air. Basin? Yeah. And it, yes. it's happened. That, uh, mm-hmm. that and water, rivers, right, lakes, right, et cetera. Right. Number 13, Paul Ehrlich warned in the May 1970 issue of Audubon that DDT and the other chlorinated hydrocarbons may have substantially reduced the life expectancy of people born since 1945. Ehrlich warned that Americans born since 1946 now had a life expectancy of only 49 years. Hmm. And he predicted that if current patterns continue, this expectancy would reach 42 years old by 1980. Oh. <laughs> uh, and this, boy, he really telegraphed the failed academy that this crackpot was allowed to continue teaching is beyond my comprehension. So we're all playing with house money here. Yeah, would reach 42 years by 1980 when it might level out. According to the most recent uh, report from the Center for Disease Control, <laughs> this was in 2018, life expectancy in the U.S. is 79 years old. How long did that guy live? Early? He's, he's still alive. He's still I'm reading alive. about him. Right. You know, that must piss him off teach, every Berkeley? second. <laughs> you, you know what he advocated last year? This will be very eye-opening. Yeah. In 2018, in an interview with The Guardian, Ehrlich advocated for an unprecedented redistribution of wealth sure. in order to mitigate the problem of right. overconsumption sure. of resources yeah. by the wealthy. Well, he's wow. a, distib- how, what does he mean by that? Well, I'm, I'm working even, for him even now? Even up the money. Give, give you some money and, you know. Because the wealthy are using too much of the goods that we have. So, Number 14, ecologist Kenneth Watt declared by the year 2000, if present trends continue, we will be using up crude oil at such a rate that there won't be any more crude oil. You'll have to drive to the pump and say, fill her up, buddy, and he'll say, I'm sorry, there isn't any. Huh. Didn't happen. <laughs> I've always had gas. There's always been gasoline wherever. I've stopped at a gas Number pump. 15, Harrison Brown, a scientist at the National Academy of Sciences, published a chart in Scientific American that looked at metal reserves, M-E-T-A-L, and estimated that humanity would totally run out of copper shortly after 2000. Lead, zinc, tin, gold, and silver would be gone before 1990. Lead, zinc, and what else? Lead, zinc, tin, gold, and silver. Well, we can't run out of lead, Joe. That's what they use in batteries, and that's what powers their cars. Isn't that something? (laughs) Number 16, Senator Gaylord Nelson wrote in Look magazine that Dr. S. Dylan Ripley, secretary of the Smithsonian Institute, believes that in in 25 years, somewhere between 75 and 80 percent of all species of living animals will be extinct. (laughs) Why? Oh. Didn't happen. No. 
Number 17, in 1975, Paul Ehrlich predicted that since more than nine-tenths of the original tropical rainforest will be removed in most areas within the next 30 years or so, it is expected that half of the organisms in these areas will vanish with it. Uh, this pa- Paul Ehrlich, uh, has everything he's ever said been incorrect? <laughs> I think so. It seems like it. Can we have this guy arrested? <laughs> Number 18, Kenneth Watt warned about a pending ice age in a speech the world has been chilling sharply for about 20 years. If present trends continue, the world will be about 4 degrees colder for the global mean temperature in 1990, but 11 degrees colder in the year 2000. This is about twice what it would take to put us into an ice age. Uh, so he was going the other way. Let's keep these spectacularly wrong predictions from the first Earth Day in 1970 in mind when we're bombarded in the next few days with media hype and claims like this from the Earth Day website, which wrote last year, Global sea levels are rising at an alarming fast rate, 6.7 inches in the last century alone and going higher. Surface temperatures are setting new heat records about each year. The ice sheets continue to decline. Glaciers are in retreat globally, and our oceans are more acidic than ever before. We could go on, which is a whole other problem. The majority of scientists are in agreement that human contributions to the greenhouse effect are the root cause. Essentially, gases in the atmosphere, such as methane and CO2, trap heat and block it from escaping our planet. So uh, what what we won't hear uh, is the amazing decarbonization of the U.S. over the last decade or so as falling CO2 emissions uh, have fallen. And uh, finally, here's another question from this Reason magazine. Think about this question posed by Ronald Bailey in 2000. What will Earth Day, what will Earth look like when Earth Day 60 rolls around in 2030? Bailey predicts a much cleaner and much richer future world with less hunger and malnutrition, less poverty, and longer life expectancy, and with lower mineral and metal prices. Paul, uh, Paul, you asked about his college. He was a professor at Stanford. Stanford, And he still is president of the Center for Conservation Biology at Stanford University, even though he's 86 years old. He's a fool. He's just an absolute (laughs) fool. And he always has been. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with Kenny. I think he's mad that he's lived this long. He's supposed to have been checked out a long time ago. <laughs> Had a deep thought. <clears throat> Had a deep thought over the weekend on the Garage Logic service road of life. It isn't so much that scientists are conspiring to mislead us. They, they're finding what they find. It's more to the point that You could do what current scientists are doing, measuring uh, temperatures and creating charts and looking at ocean levels. You could have done that 500 years ago, and you could have come up with similar astonishments. 500 years ago, uh, if the technology existed for scientists to pursue such a uh, task, they could say, well, the seabed or the, the, uh, the tidal range in Boston area is different than it was 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Or they could say, we just had a warmer winter than we've had in the last 10 years. Then you could move it up to 1950. They could have done the same thing. Sliding scale. We're having more rainfall than we had last year. Okay, what is that? Then you could do it in 1970, which these crackpots did. But by 1970, what was seized upon is the idea that transforming principally American life, Mm -hmm. the idea that was seized upon is 
We, we, those of us who are Mysterians, have failed in every other way to transform American life. Let's get behind the shield of the environment to bring about changes in American life. Mm. And that's why you have what we have today, which is a complete denial. Uh, how can any rational person read those, those 18 spectacularly wrong predictions and still continue to... You don't have to disbelieve the science, but how can you still continue to believe that the Earth is doomed? It's not doomed. That, that quickly. In, in 10 years, that's going to implode. No. 20 years is going to implode. Uh, I would imagine, as an ode to Earth Day, a, a page one story in today's Star Tribune says, Climate becomes key voter concern. I don't want to read the whole thing. It's full of the typical boilerplate that we've become accustomed to. We must do something. We must do something. Harumph, harumph, harumph. What? What? Well, and a, and a woman uh, has taken charge in Minnesota, a woman named Teresa Hasbrook. Uh, beginning in 20, she's 67 years old. She's retired. She lives in uh, Rush City, Rush City, Minnesota. And beginning in 2016, she uh, got together with her other uh, admittedly progressive friends, and they began. But that was fun. Be- began campaigning mightily for Democrats because she she realizes she lives in a fairly conservative part of the state, and she went. Uh, yeah, God bless you, John. She yep. went. She uh, began. She even. I think the irony might have escaped her that she was noted for driving 70 miles to a southwest suburb to. Uh, confer with other women of like-minded ideologies. and uh, But at the end of the article, she says, we're almost running out of time, Hasbrook said. If we can do something in the next 10 years, we can turn it around. We're at a crossroads. Uh, Reavers has invited her on the air, mm-hmm. uh, but all we could do is attempt to reach her through her Facebook uh, page. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Center of message. Because the only question I want to ask her is, what do you think is going to happen in 10 years? Yeah. I'll bet we we both we're about the same age. I'll bet her a hundred thousand dollars that in ten years nothing will have changed except things will have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Right, cleaner air, cleaner water, longer life expectancy. Uh, Seventy nine ain't that bad. You pay her a hundred k, she pays you one dollar. Yeah. And then she might be tempted to take yeah, yeah. that. But bet. that's all I, I... I have no disrespect for this woman, I, but she's, she's, she's consumed all the Kool-Aid. She just buys the nonsense. Well, lady, what do you think's going to happen 10 years from well, now? Well, sounds to me We're like she's... We're at about our eighth 10-year period. Right. She's making bleep up as she goes. Right. I'll also, just by the way, it. just for the record, I'll make that same bet. My $1 <laughs> to your 100000 Just right. Just on the yeah, chance. You know what it is? Cheap insurance. I'm you know, it occurred to me a couple cents. of weeks ago, Such, when we had the dinosaur guy on, uh, in regards to the, the climate change folks, maybe they're just doing science wrong. They're they're not doing science the way science is supposed to be. No, well, yeah, science isn't a computer model. But let's go back to what I just said earlier about science. Isn't there? Isn't it true that in any period of the human experience, scientists could be doing exactly what they're doing today? Well, the reason I thought that is because <laughs> that guy was a true scientist, and even though they had pretty much knew what happened. On the day the dinosaurs died, they were reluctant to release it to the public right away. How many years have they been sitting on that? Five, six, something yep. like that? Yep. That's how you do science. Well, we had a couple of weeks ago, the guy that called out Kerry on his BS. Mm-hmm. When Ken mm-hmm. Kerry started you know, rolling out all these right. numbers, he said, well, you're full of it. Right, right. Or the uh, the black hole guy. The black hole guy that oh, yeah. said, hey, what's in there? 
it's not fair to say because we don't know. As I listen to the show, Joshua writes, I heard you joke about uh, having made a call to ProTurf. Well, guys, after I left the lawn care business, ProTurf was the first call I made in the spring. Uncle was complaining to me last year about weeds and stuff on his beach in Cardinal Lake. Guess who I told him to call? Aquaside. My place of employment needed better insurance. What do you think I had them call? Federated. Let's just say we now have federated insurance. What did I get for Christmas? A watch from Moeller. Went and bought a snowblower. And having to go to Fratelloni's to pick up my lawnmower. Sincerely yours, a garage logician, Josh, from the new man's neck of the woods. He's talking about RF Moeller Jeweler. They've been in business 68 years ago based on a foundation of service. Uh, they're experts. They really are. It's a family deal. They have six goldsmiths with a combined 200 years of jewelry repair that can uh, repair and restore your heirlooms. Everything that's taken in there never leaves the store. They have two Rolex-trained watchmakers with 40 years of combined experience. And if you mention that you hear this on the GL podcast, they'll replace your watch battery at no charge while you stand around and drool at the new uh, Tag Heuer's and and, uh, Rolex watches. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Dot com. Uh, I'm not done here. We talked about this on the show, but it's very apropos to bring it up again on Earth Day. Earth Day. Earth Day. A senior U.N. environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. <laughs> This was written June 29, 1989. Coastal flooding and crop failures would, cre- would create an exodus of eco-refugees threatening political chaos, said Noel Brown, director of the New York Office of the U.N. Environment Program, or UNEP. He said governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect before it goes beyond human control. So, so we had a period, uh, one of our first 10-year stretches was 1989 to 1999. As the warming melts polar ice caps, ocean levels will rise up to three feet, enough to to cover the Maldives and other flat island nations, Brown told the AP in an interview Wednesday, June 29, 1989. Coastal regions will be inundated. One-sixth of Bangladesh could be flooded, displacing a fourth of its 90 million people. I don't want to read the whole thing. It's all BS. None of it happened. None of it happened. Shifting climate patterns will bring back the 1930s Dust Bowl conditions. Excess carbon dioxide is pouring into the atmosphere because of humanity's use of fossil fuels and burning of rainforests. The atmosphere is retaining more heat. What's the temperature supposed to be today? I don't know. It's 46 and a cold rainfall. I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be. Uh, I'm going to save What happens when these people are challenged? You predicted in 2000 that uh, all the mountains were going to be gone. They're still here. What do you have to say? Why aren't they challenged? Well, they They're are, just on to the bigger and better things. They are right here. Uh, I would have loved to have had a pleasant chat with Teresa. Has, is it Hasbrook? Hasbrook. Uh, the Rush City gal? Hasbrook. Just to say, what is it you fear? How, how do these people get to the point where they're so fearful? What are you fearing? Yeah, what a way to go through life. I don't get it. What? what? <laughs> Today's 2019, right? Yep. April 22nd, 2019. How is today different than April 22nd, 10 years ago, 2009? 
I defy anyone to tell me. And I love how the comeback is if you dispute that logic, if you if you think that it's all BS, well, you hate the environment. You, you're you against... It's, this, it's the same argument against education. There's nobody that probably takes greater care uh, for the environment than GLers, who are last droppers, conservationists by by uh, nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not wasteful. We recycle. We do all the things that make common sense. But I'm... I'm I'm not afraid of anything. And why is it? We've had this discussion before, but it's Earth Day. Earth Day. Earth Day. Earthy, earthy, Earth Day. <laughs> why is this only a matter of the left? I care. I care about my children and their children living long, prosperous lives. And why is it if you're conservative, it's assumed that you hate right. the earth? It makes no it? sense. That right. we want to cut down all the trees and put up another parking lot. Yeah. It makes no sense. A little Joni Mitchell reference That's here. a good one. Bravo. Your mic's off, Pat. You have Earth Day. Uh, there's an Earth Day wildflower walk today. Oh, what time? What do you do? Uh, at the... Uh, uh, where is the, Oh, at the Eloise Butler Wildflower Garden. Okay. Uh, Rochester has various locations for a Rochester Earth, Fe- uh, Earth Fest. Earth Fest. Earth Day at the Duluth Earth Farmer's Fest. Market. Party for the Planet at the Como Zoo. Whoop, whoop. Rock on. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't uh, Earth Day be better if you didn't do anything? I mean, if you, if Stay you, home. Yeah. If you really, Don't try if you really cared, footprint. Yeah. You, just, you wouldn't do a thing. Right. What are you doing? Much less drive Earth 70 Day. miles in your car and go no. find other people who want to say... Too late. I, think... I already drove 160 miles today, <laughs> yeah. so I won't. And we're glad you did. Earth now, Kenny? Now? Yeah. Now? They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Pop, 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 pop. That's Everybody. Very timely. Pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Oh, diddly, diddly. I don't know the words. Who covered that? Don't don't pick on Joni Mitchell. Joni is one of my favorites ever. Who did the cover of that? That was really good. Uh, Twenty years ago. Counting Crows. That's it. You know the song of hers I really liked. What's it, John? Uh, Yes. Something about somebody's got a couple dollars on the Maple Leafs. Uh, uh, raised on robbery. <laughs> raised on he robbery. Was sitting in the lounge at the about hotel. Yep, he was oh, drinking for the virgin. He was. She's yeah. a poor imitation of Emmy Lou. Don't start with me. She was <laughs> around way before way Emmy Lou. Before Emmy Lou, pal. And not only that, she. Oh God, God Almighty! You know he's doing it just you. to get you. Fish on. He's hooking you. Corton Spark you. is one of the ten finest pop rock albums ever. Free you know Man that the. Uh, and, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm taking over. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know that Light Rail claimed another victim over the weekend? I thought two. Didn't we have two? I thought only just one, a 68-year-old guy uh, at the uh, Stadium Village Mm -hmm. station uh, somehow ended up under the... Under the light rail train at about one twenty in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oopsie. Uh, I think light rail has claimed far more victims than... uh, The conceal and carry crowd has notched their belt with. Yes. Uh, Light rail is bumped off a lot. We don't notch our belts. Whatever the term is. (laughs) (laughs) We're not... That does make it sound like you're out shooting people. Right, right. For people to kill. Right. right. That's not the way it works. In recognition of Earth Day, Metro Transit and XL Energy have teamed up to power the blue and green line trains today entirely with wind power. That's why you see people on University Avenue blowing against the train. Sure. <laughs> I got I I got an idea for the light rail. Yeah. How about you take a hose to that thing? I've ridden that twice how in the last you, two how weeks. How about you actually charge people to ride it? It's disgusting. A release from XL and Metro Transit purchased uh, said that uh, XL and I'm sorry, I'll start that sentence here, here again. Take two. 
A release from XL Energy said Metro Transit purchased enough credits through XL Energy's wind source program to power both lines for 24 hours. <laughs> that program lets businesses and residential customers pay a small amount extra each month to get some or all of their energy from renewable sources. Light rail operates by electricity, meaning it is zero emission at its source. The release also said some of the trains will feature art depicting Minnesota uh, and transit winding through the landscape. Oh, that's going to help. No, and, uh, it, and butterflies and cocoons on the outside. It'll <laughs> reflect life in the Twin Cities where the tall buildings are. Mm-hmm. And it won't reflect Minnesota. The art was created through a partnership with the College of Arts and Science at the University of St. Thomas, the Sustainable Communities Partnership, and Metro Transit. Hmm. So uh, so today when you're riding and you pay your fare, get on, it's uh, apparently uh, you're being moved along by the wind. What do they mean oh. they, they purchased credits? I have no idea. Is that like the Pope uh, letting you guys Indulgences? buy your way out of sin? That's not the way it works. Uh, that's exactly what it is, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I read, here's what uh, like speaking of. trade, you're the newsman, straighten us out. Speaking of hypocrites, uh, uh, Graham Nash's book, I read his autobiography. Yeah. He knows how much damage he does to the environment. So he buys carbon credits. Mm-hmm. To, well, he should quit. Fl- he's probably got a what couple homes. Well, that's and he, and he flies everywhere. He to said, Hawaii. That's what he's. Uh, he doesn't like. He says, "You're I have all to fly hypocrites, everywhere. people. Like, you're all. You're well. How does? Who does he pay these? Where you buy them? They're you from who? I, I, the you money goes go to, to the carbon store. Boys, <laughs> I'm now selling carbon credits. Yeah. <laughs> Line up right here, single file. What do you want for yours? Uh, I, I'd like ten dollars a head, please. If you want to worry about something. And attach to it a 10-year window, okay. I'd attach that to Islamist extremism. A little more than climate to change? I, I'd worry more about that. That you know, We're going into a church now in Colombo, Sri Lanka, on Easter Sunday, and we're wiping out 300 people at uh, Easter Mass. If you want to worry about something, doesn't it make more sense to worry about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nine bombs. Tore through churches and hotels at three uh, Sri Lankan cities Sunday. The death toll is now at 290, with more than 500 others wounded. Wow. I, I, I'll worry about that. That, that that's concerns something to worry about. me. That, yes. that can be, a, I think that's a credible thing to be wringing your hands about. And they sure get the Easter Sunday at Assumption. There was not a, an inch of air. You could not fit another person into the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were spilling out, and they're they're onto it that they're going to get the attention. These knucklehead suicide bombers. Are we seeing the end of times? Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. Uh, no. Or are you singing a stick song? No, I don't think we are. But we're seeing. I think we're witnessing, or we will witness, an inevitable clash between good and evil here somehow. Well, these are religious wars, is what's happening here. Right, right, right. Four Americans were killed. Several Americans confirmed injured. Uh, They're going to have a night curfew. How about the guy who lost his family? The richest guy in Denmark. A lot of good as billion dollars does him now. Uh, The guy who founded uh, Asa Close, uh, ASOS, (laughs) A-S-O-S, Global retail giant. He uh, his name is Anders Paulson. He lost three kids. Jesus. That would be tough. 
He has a net worth of $7.9 billion. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think he'd give away right now to take yesterday back? They were in one of those churches? Huh? They were victims in one of the churches? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know the guy, but if he's a, if he's a guy... He'd say, I'll give you my $7.9 billion to every, take this day back. Every dime. Mm-hmm. So are you... Uh, but I'll worry about this. I'm not worried about... Uh, Ten years from now, I think the earth will be just fine. Yeah, what was your reference to this in ten years? I didn't well, understand I, I, that I, I mean, if you want to put a ten-year window on, we better do something before it's unmanageable. Okay. I'd put the ten-year window on terrorism by Islamists. Right. I understand, though. All right. I thought you were predicting a basically a religious war where the world is going to rise up and rebel and, and squash this. That wouldn't surprise me either. But you got ten years, or this is, or or you know, well, that's going to get worse. You're right. That's going to get extreme. Or, or the church in Alexandria, Minnesota, is going to get attacked. What sources? What resources do the Sri Lankans have to fight back? If they are well, the officials are coming under fire because they said it, they were, it was they were whispered, forewarned, right? They were somewhat forewarned, and I I don't know I don't know what you can do. How do you know who a suicide bomber is? Because they're going to have their stuff on. You mentioned a curfew. What does a curfew have to do with anything? Why I suppose would... keeping people off the streets and out of harm's way. Yeah, I don't see that doing anything. Mm-hmm. But what time did the bombs go off in a church? Would yes. a curfew have right. stopped that? No, well, I, I think the curfew is just a possibly a knee-jerk reaction to we must right. do something here, so sure. let's let's call a curfew until we get our ducks in a row. Yeah. They are said to be a local terrorist with with international connections, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. We having a newscast today? Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, let's. Uh, you want to step aside for a moment? I do, and then we'll come back with Johnny. I, I do, but I'm not done. Okay, you got more. I got more. Clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com will give you a beautiful lawn all season long. Now, you might know I'm a hardcore do-it-yourselfer, but the day I threw the spreader away and handed the lawn care duties to ProfessionalTurf.com, it was the best thing I ever did for my lawn, and I've had the best lawn in the block ever since. That was years ago. I also had their landscape division update my layout. That forced my equity and gave the place amazing curb appeal. Lawn care, sprinkler system service, and landscaping. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. John Heights News brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. And I have to admit, there's sometimes when I put a great deal of thought and effort into driving John Height crazy. You're a maestro. And then there's some days where I just accidentally stumble into it, not meaning what I just said, and John Height just goes right around the bend. Yeah. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Souchere Show. Thank you. Here's John Height. Thanks, Joe. There's Who a, is residing around the bend right there's now? There's a very good chance before this day's over, I'm going to El Cabong Kenny <laughs> with my guitar that I have sitting in the corner. Nice reference. <laughs> very good chance. I did find out how carbon uh, things work, Kenny. Yeah. Carbon credits. Yeah. Uh, for instance, there's a company called Native Energy that you can go to and pay. 
Oh, and uh, what here, do they do with the money? Well, they help buy yachts. They, right? help, <laughs> <laughs> they help build carbon offsets. Uh, let's see. For instance, if there's a project that stalled, that would help the environment. They give the money to them sure. to get the project done so that uh, things will get better for the environment. That seems what like, a great scam. Right. Yeah, that seems like a boondoggle. The, uh, the per- you purchase carbon offsets from a project in advance before emission reductions occur. By doing so, you play a key role in funding its construction. Switch, what are we doing? This dumb podcast thing for we could be making millions yeah. by the minute selling these carbon offsets to these guilty hoople heads. You they know, there's a local li- radio personality who should go nameless, but he's a very strong Al Gore acolyte mm-hmm. for climate change. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's drank the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. And he does ads for BMW, and I always am somewhat <laughs> amused. Oh. And he says, and I love the guy, and he'll know who I who I'm referring to if he would listen to the podcast. Uh, and I keep thinking, you say your family has bought many BMWs over the years. I'm thinking, if you really believe this nonsense that you keep spewing, right. you'd, you'd think maybe you wouldn't advertise a car, right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> This uh, particular company, if you'd like, you can go monthly, quarterly, or annually. Wow. I'm going to do monthly. (laughs) (laughs) I like monthly. I'm really hoping, too, it's some uh, conservative (laughs) student that graduated from the University of St. Thomas in the entrepreneurship program that said, I think we can sell these things to the lefties. I think we need to take the approach that we sell them for less. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get your carbon bargain. credits here. Yeah, <laughs> bargain basement, lowest prices in town. Idea. Buy three today, we'll throw in the fourth for nothing. And right. we're going to throw your money at uh, the butterflies. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, we love the pollinators. The pollinators. News. Let's start with a sports headline. The WNBA is nearly doubling its national TV exposure. They just signed a multi-year deal with CBS Sports. CBS Sports Network will broadcast 40 games from the league beginning next month when the season opens. The Lynx versus the Chicago Sky on May 25th will be the first game on the CBS Sports Network. The league begins its 23rd season on May 24th, also has a deal with ESPN. That will show 16 regular season telecasts, including three on ABC. Do you think we'll ever see a women's professional hockey league or do we already we already have just one. had one that's up and folded already didn't it fold already but no, it's still running oh minnesota whitecaps yeah but they're so they're considered professional mm-hmm. on par with the nhl well relatively speaking but right. yes they're a professional these are these are women that are now out of college former olympians former college players our whitecaps won the title did yeah. they not yes yeah. say may i may I interrupt for a moment uh-huh. uh Scott Matura, our cook chef out in Montana, yeah. Yeah. on Friday he noted that in Bozeman it was 75 degrees, the garage door was open, and both the IPA and Common Sense were flowing. Oh, man. And he also good. provided, remember the muskrat discussion we had? Yes. Yeah. He, he says, being a theft, I thought I would offer up a great muskrat recipe. First, <laughs> you want to skin the animal. Next, open up the carcass and remove all innards. You'll want to thoroughly rinse it inside and out with cold water. Next, cut it open on the belly or chest side, leaving the backbone in place. Now you have a carcass that is open wide and will lay flat. Meanwhile, get a cast iron pan hot. Season the muskrat with your favorite dry rub or marinade. Place a small amount of oil in the pan and lay the meat flat in the sizzling pan. Place in a preheated 350-degree oven for 45 minutes. Carefully remove the cast iron pan from the oven. Then, finally, and this step is key, while holding the cast iron pan with oven mitts, step on the foot lever of your garbage can and dump it in the trash. Go to the refrigerator. 
I saw that one coming. Go to the uh, go to the refrigerator and get the bratwurst you purchased from Grunhofer's Meats and put them on the grill. This recipe is bulletproof and never fails. Always willing to help with things of food and drink. He's talking about Grunhofer's, of course, in Hugo off Highway 61. It's the uh, it's the brat palace of the universe. It's and fabulous. the grilling season upon us, 130 pork brat flavors, chicken brats, beef brats, pork brats. Get your own grilling bracket going. And I know the double smoked ham was a big hit for Easter. Unbelievable. You had it, didn't you? Unbelievable. I went up there Saturday, and it was uh, a business. Was it hopping? Yes. This is the first time you've had a tweet go over 100 uh, likes. <laughs> Probably, and it's food-based. And they they sold out of the – they made the, uh, the rookie blend. I hear they have the rookie blend hamburger. Yes, and uh, – Hopefully they'll have it up there Friday. He almost broke the internet over the weekend. Really? His tweet got so many likes. It was, but yeah. the, it, it was fabulous. Well, they're all professionals. They're meat cutters by trade. You uh, you tell them how you want your steak cut. You tell them how you want your bacon cut. They're there to help you. They're excellent. Uh, Spencer's a meat cutter, and the people who work for him are meat cutters. So, Rook, do I have to call Spencer and say I want the rookie, or is that a patty that he does on hand? They they made the rookie blend and it sold out in one day. I don't know if he's going to continue or not. I hope hopefully. they do. Grindhoff. MeatMarket.com. Have you read a story yet? I read one, uh, one quick sports story. <laughs> was that about so, Joni Mitchell? Oh, no, no, it was okay. not about Joni. I thought we were talking about Emmy Lou Harris. In some uh, Stop that. news headlines, <laughs> one male taken to the hospital after he and another unidentified individual fell over the bluff at 28th Street and West River Parkway in Minneapolis. Oh. The fire department's reporting the two people fell over the bluff at about 2.45 in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. Firefighters lowered a rescue basket to save them. No firefighters were hurt in the process. One male was hurt, the other individual unhurt after the pair fell or tumbled down a portion of the 60-foot embankment. Injuries did not appear to be life-threatening, according to the fire department. How far of a fall is that? Nothing that's, good happens at 2.45 a.m. That's quite a drop there. That's 60 what I, feet yeah. And they lived? And that's just north of that rowing club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, details as to what they were doing, according to police, well, are not available at this right. time. Well, you know, when you're falling off a cliff at two in the morning, the chances are you you uh, you're, maybe your legs aren't as steady under under you yeah. as they should so be. Right? Way Weak knee. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Toes right? curled up. And right. they didn't die, John. They didn't nope. die. Eyes nope. rolled Did back. Not. You ready, Jim? <laughs> oh, right here. God. What's wrong with you people? Let's close out the night here. Yeah. <laughs> Sri Lanka uh, in the mood for a nightcap. Are you guys done? Yep. I hope yeah. so, John. I, I don't like the way you're treated with such disrespect. I'm sorry, John. No He's wonder. used to it by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sri Lanka on Monday accused a local Islamist extremist group, the National Throhi Jamath, of being behind that string of Easter bombings against churches and hotels that killed at least 290 people. Health Minister Rajitha Senaratni said the group, whose name roughly translates to National Monotheism Organization, perpetrated the attack using suicide bombers against three churches and three hotels. He added a foreign network was probably involved. He called for the police inspector general, Pujith Sundara to resign because security agencies had received a reported warning 10 days ago of attacks by this group against churches and hotels. Oh, boy, I just looked up a word I had never heard before. Monotheism. One belief only. Mm, yeah. Monotheism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce Monotheism. it? Monotheism. Yeah. There is only one God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it oh ain't boy. mine. It's theirs. Uh, yeah. What was the the chief's name? The, ch- <laughs> uh, the chief was, uh, let's see, Pujith Jayan Sundara. 
Give me a uh, cartoon bubble description of him coming around the corner to help out. I see him with the giant sword for some reason. <laughs> and the hat thing yeah. and, the, and maybe a white. Uh, but uh, this, this isn't funny. No, this, this is, is not funny. You want to just... worry about something in a 10-year span? I'd worry about this. Is Christianity considered monotheism? I mean, what would we have? Uh, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Buddha. Is that? Buddhism is a. I don't worry about it. I just know what I have to do. All I know is, as a Christian, That's a good point. I don't want to kill anybody that doesn't believe what I believe. Right. I don't either. It's never occurred to me. No. And I don't think... I don't God, really care what you my believe. My God want, does not want me right. to kill right. other people if they right. don't believe. Tuesday, a planning committee will discuss a renovation proposal that would add an axe-throwing center, a restaurant, and an outdoor patio at the site of a movie theater in Egan. It's a bad idea. Mm. Axe-throwing? That's... Axe. That's fun. You want yeah, to get but, hammered and, and, and have somebody start throwing an axe? No, they're pretty. They're lanes. I've seen the lanes are pretty. I would like to do this. It's okay. a lot of fun. Have you, so, uh, have you guys seen the one? Uh, it was on Facebook a couple weeks ago. The gal missed the, the wood thing where the <laughs> axe is supposed to go. It hit the floor, the brick floor, came flying straight back at her, and she was quick enough to I get did out see of the that. way. Right at her head. I did see that. Yeah. And I questioned whether or not you should have a brick floor there. Yeah. Because I mean, the you're throwing thought. these things. What was, be, the, what because, was the great... Carson. Ed Ames. Was it Ed Ames? He, he was on... Uh, Threw a hatchet at a uh, cardboard figure, a wood figure. It was uh, drawn in, yes. Because Ed Ames was, what, Native American? He played, no, he played Mingo, I believe, yeah. on the Daniel Boone show. Hit the guy right, the, hit the dummy right in the swimsuit area. <laughs> and oh, and the, the remember the hatchet handle stood straight up, yep. shall we say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like attention. Little, Carson yes. really got a kick out of yeah. that. <laughs> Neither one could talk for no, about it was two just minutes. Absolutely hysterical. <laughs> I'm finding that one. Uh, this proposal for the site of the movie theater on Cliff Road to be renamed Imagine Theater. That's with an E. Imagine Theater. Uh, according to the planned development amendment proposal, Northwoods Entertainment is requesting the addition of three new buildings with on-site liquor service and patio dining, as well as the modification of the existing theater. Uh, they meet at six thirty Tuesday night to talk about that. Comedian Volodymyr Zelensky won Sunday's runoff election in Ukraine, ousting incumbent President Petro Poroshenko in a landslide. With over 90% of the ballots counted, the comedian had 73% of the vote, with Poroshenko at just under 25%. The former entertainer and political novice recently starred in a popular TV series in that area called Servant of the People, in which he played a history teacher who's elected president after oh, his rant about government I didn't want it to roll yet, Johnny. Pardon it was me. viral. Okay, we got it here now. Are you ready? This is where... Through the axe, hit right in the swimsuit area. A very young Johnny Carson comes out. He stops him. If you watch it closely... He's gauging how much longer he can wait to let the laugh die before what he says will be irrelevant to what he's so good. And he gets it just on the nose. Look at this. Beautiful to watch. Look at this. You remember the line here? I don't. (laughs) I didn't even know you were Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Beautiful. Wow, he was good. Whatever we do. Because of him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just as single income families begin to vanish in the last century, a lot of America's elderly are now foregoing retirement for the same reason they don't have enough money to retire. Yeah. 
rickety social safety nets, inadequate retirement savings plans, and sky-high health care costs are all conspiring to make the concept of leaving the workforce something to be more feared than desired. For the first time in 57 years, the participation rate in the labor force of retirement age workers has cracked the 20% mark. That according to a new report from United Income, a money managing group. As of February, the ranks of people aged 65 or older who are working or seeking paid work doubled from a low of 10% back in early 1985. The biggest spike in employment has gone to college-educated older workers. The share of all employees aged 65 or older with at least an undergraduate degree is now 53%, up 25% from 1985. I have a question about this story, John. Was that the end of it? Yeah. Uh, does it mention anything uh, in that story about guys that probably could retire? They've certainly saved their whole lives, but uh, their wife kicks them to the curb every day and won't let them come home till like four or five in the afternoon. Any mention it's, about no, those guys? It Plenty of money that. in the bank. What? What were the reasons given at the beginning of the story uh, for, the reasons, for not retiring? Uh, a, they don't have enough money. B, rickety social safety nets. Uh, inadequate retirement savings plans. And sky-high health care costs. Okay, it's all based on failure to save. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Failure to save. Yeah. But you guys that preach this savings thing, you're not, you're not in the same boat as the people you're preaching to. I'm not. I, I don't preach savings. I can't. I can't put away 40% of my income every two well, weeks. Well, no, no one does. Well, whatever you're preaching. No. Well, the only thing <laughs> I've ever admonished rookie and young people, not you, you're too old, it's too late for you, <laughs> rookie and reavers, I don't care. What have I told you? It's not. No, you know this one. It's not. Well, is it how much you save? It's, it's how long you save something. But no, 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 Rook. What? It's not how much. It's how long. about lunch. <laughs> but but I've got. I'd say I've got for. I've been saving for ten years. I now have thirty-two thousand dollars in my pocket. And then it ain't enough. And then no, <laughs> don't retire. And then the line, the sewer line from the house to the street goes out, and it's going to cost forty-two thousand mm-hmm. to fix. That's ten thousand more than I have. Mm-hmm. There goes my entire twenty years savings. Whatever. Uh, are you telling me real numbers? No, I'm oh, making oh, I'm making all oh, this crap up. Oh. I'm telling you, life gets in the way of those plans. Well, well, have I denied that? Well, what am I supposed to do? I don't care what you do. Squat on the street with a cardboard sign. Does he look like your financial advisor? The hell do you think I am? <laughs> yes. You uh, call Josh. <laughs> I will help you. 48 minutes. Oh. A, uh, another Democratic presidential candidate launching his bid today. Oh, good. Uh, this time it's Representative Seth Moulton from Massachusetts. How many are we at now, Jeff? I bought 25. Seth said, I'm running because I'm a patriot, because I believe in this country, and because I've never wanted to sit on the sidelines when it comes to serving it. 40-year-old Marine combat veteran, he earned a bronze star in Iraq. Moulton's stature has been rising since he won a seat in Congress in 2014 by defeating a longtime Democratic incumbent in a primary. The memoir that Prince was working on at the oh, time. Oh, wait, John. Yeah. I'm sorry. Huh? Huh? Do you huh? have the what? AOC thing, Reeves? Reeves. Did yes. you ever set up the AOC thing? I was just waiting for your cue. Well, here, uh, speaking of new members of Congress or, or people uh, held in high esteem now, of course, is Alexandria Occasional Cortex. Uh-huh. Sure. But some eight-year-old girl uh, dolled herself up to not only look <laughs> like uh, AOC, 
But she's got her figured out. Yes. This kid's eight. Now, obviously, she lives in a house of garage logicians who find AOC to be terribly amusing. But here's this eight-year-old girl. I hope she's understandable. Like, I'm Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. AOC. And, like, I want to talk about, like, climate change. Because, like, there's no doubt cow farts are making the climate change. Like, in July, the climate was 96 degrees. And in February, the climate was 36 degrees. OMG, like, that's a huge change in the climate in only four months. She counted on her fingers. Like, at this rate, the world is going to end in exactly 12 years. And, like, I'm only 29 years old now. So the world will be over when I'm only... Counting on her fingers again? <laughs> 37 years old. <laughs> like, I also want to talk about socialism because socialism is so amazing. Like, socialism is actually short for social media. Did you know that? Like, I'm social media, so I'm a socialist. And, like, three of the most successful countries in the world are socialists, too. Venezuela... Facebook and Twitter are all very successful socialist countries. I have a lot of friends who moved to America from Facebook. Wow, that was great. Thanks, honey. Who is it? Do we know her name? Uh, It's been going all around the interwebs. I'll find it here. Her mom and dad write that for her. A number of listeners advised me to play that today. The memoir that Prince was working on when he died is coming out October 29th. Random House confirming Monday to the Associated Press that The Beautiful Ones will combine Prince's unfinished manuscript with where photos, scrapbooks, and lyrics first announced just weeks before his death in 2016. The 288-page book will include an introduction by New York writer, uh, New Yorker, excuse me, writer Dan Pippenbring, whom Prince had chosen as collaborator. The memoir is an exclusive partnership with the Prince estate. According to Random House, The Beautiful Ones is a deeply personal account of how Prince, uh, Prince Rogers Nelson became the prince we know. The book will span from Prince's childhood to his early years as a musician to the cusp of international stardom using his own writings, a scrapbook of his personal photos, and the original handwritten lyric sheets for a lot of his songs, which he kept at Paisley Park. The book depicts Prince's evolution through what they are calling deeply revealing, never-before-shared images and memories, and culminates with his original handwritten treatment for Purple Rain. The young girl's name is Ava Martinez. All right. Any word on proceeds from the sale of the book going to the uh, people that claim to be relatives but yes. never wanted to be tested? <laughs> uh, some uh, sort of radio. You guys remember Stan Turner, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pioneer Press with a story about Stan. Apparently, his radio show that he was doing on KLBB is making a comeback of sorts. Yeah. Uh, the show is called All Request and Dedication Show. It's been off the air since KLBB went dark last year. They were the Stillwater Station. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, now they will broadcast out of a new space in Jaime's Haberdashery. Yeah, oh, downtown cool. in the Ham Building. Downtown in the Ham Building, yep. Uh, Anthony Andler, the proprietor of Jaime's, uh, was a longtime <laughs> sponsor of his show on the radio. When he decided to expand his high-end men's clothing store, doubling in size, he said he created space for Turner and Company. He said, we're going to build a stage right here to do live broadcasts. Endler said he plans to have Turner host a podcast, stream online, and eventually be back on the radio. There are negotiations with Keith Johnson, who owns a low-powered FM frequency in St. Paul. They hope to be on the air at 99.1 FM by June 1st. Uh, if you never listen to his show, 
Uh, one of his last shows, here's, here's the playlist. Country star Terry Gibbs, Chuck Berry, novelty songs, some Motown, some Johnny Mathis, some uh, local, uh, some music from Sharon Lemieux, and Guy Mark singing Loving You Has Made Me Bananas. <laughs> yes, that's a novelty All song. All right. <laughs> Uh, each song had a story, and uh, he knows all of it. Apparently, he's uh, quite knowledgeable about music also. Uh, he says he's expanded his book collection in the past year and plans to bring all of this to his new show at Jaime's. He said, in fact, I just picked up a biography of Brenda Lee and one on The Temptations. So Guys, help, help me show. out. Stan Turner, the TV guy? Yeah. He was uh, yeah. the, he was the Conus guy. He was the lead anchor yeah. with uh, Stan Turner yeah, and I, Ruth. I, the, she was the redhead. I just wanted to make sure I was... Yeah, it's the same yeah, guy. Same okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Same guy. Say, I bet you. Uh, I bet you're getting ready to open up the lake cabin, put yeah. in the dock. Kids are going to want to swim. The weather's going to turn warm. You're going to need Aquaside to make your beach weed free. They've been helping people maintain nice lake shores for more than 60 years. They got a complete line of lake and pond control products. Takes care of everything from weeds to algae. They're easy to use products. The pellets are the most popular. They're safe. They're EPA and DNR approved. It's not going to ruin your lake or kill fish or anything else. So don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Because the last thing you want is those kids screaming and running around, coming up on the beach saying, I got attacked. You're in the jaws. I got attacked by a weed. (laughs) You can call Aquaside at 1 800 328 9350. That's 1 800. 328-9350. 328-9350. They'll mail you the pellets. they got the instructions. They'll do everything. You don't even need to call the lake detective. 1-800-328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. Hey, GLers, how would you like to hit the open road, see the country, and get paid to do it? Here's your chance. For over 100 years, Jefferson Lines has provided exceptional motor coach service, and they are looking to expand their driver network. Get behind the wheel and captain your passengers across Minnesota and throughout the Midwest. Jefferson Lines offers competitive pay, benefits, and a $1,500 signing bonus. Experience the freedom of the open road and the satisfaction of safely delivering your riders to their destinations. There's nobody I would trust more behind the wheel than a true GLer. Go to JeffersonLines.com and click on Careers for more details. That's JeffersonLines.com and click careers to apply today. What size ball you need at this hitch? The earth is yeah. not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Daddy, you in there bending metal? Are the, those them their lockout hubs? Yeah, Two public service announcements. That ain't the right size. Two public service announcements. Uh, author John Camp, you know him as John Sanford, the yeah. New York Times bestseller. He'll be with us Thursday. The Beautiful. new book is Neon Prey. He'll be at Barnes & Noble and Once Upon a Crime and His Usual Haunts. But John will be with us Thursday. And then also, regarding the opener Friday, uh, the uh, it's, we've been, we've, we're dropping the warning. Uh, it's only a watch now for Friday. It seems unlikely. That we're going to hit 70. It seems unlikely. My phone says 62. Yeah. Uh, are we prepared... What what if Thursday we get a rock solid guarantee that Friday's going to hit seventy? Staff is on high alert right. this week. <laughs> right. High alert. Back to the Kate Smith issue. Was that two PSAs? I just did two PSAs. John Camp and uh, lowering oh, okay. the, the opener from a warning to a watch. By the way, would that make Camp the first two time podcast? Appearance first two time podcast uh, oh, guest. How do you, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm very upset about this, Suchi. 
I don't blame Why? you. First, uh, we're talking about the uh, New York Yankees, uh, who have uh, used the Kate Smith song, God Bless America, at their seventh inning stretch, and the Philadelphia Flyers, who virtually attribute two Stanley Cup victories in 1974 and 1975 to Kate Smith, who did come to the Spectrum and sing it for them in person. There's a statue of her outside the uh, hockey building, I don't even know what the current building for hockey is called in Philadelphia. It's no it's longer the Wells this, Fargo It's no longer the Spectrum. Uh, so they, uh, the Flyers dropped uh, the rendition that Kate sang, and the Yankees dropped the rendition that Kate sang. And before we get into it or revisit it, I have a great note from David Downing, frequent contributor. He's a good thinker. It's important that we consider why almost no one in 2019, is aware of the Kate Smith songs that we find so offensive. It's not because they were banned. It's not because someone hid them away. It's not because someone put a spotlight on them and shamed everyone else into forgetting about them. Rather, sensibilities changed. There was no demand for those songs anymore, and they faded from memory. There was a change in the collective consciousness. That's a good thing. That's progress. And I'm sure even Kate Smith would have eventually said, I can't believe I actually recorded songs like that. This destruction of history, murals, etc., is what the Taliban did in Afghanistan, isn't it? Remember the giant Buddha statues that the Taliban blew up? We enlightened people of the West thought it was a travesty that such ancient works of art were being destroyed. But the Taliban didn't care about art or history. They aren't Buddhists, so the statues had to go. They did not conform to the Taliban's present-day world view. And finally, hoods, the Winnipeg whiteout. The critics said that people shouldn't wear white hooded sweatshirts because they look like KKK hoods. Seriously? That's ironic. Remember Hoods Up for Trayvon Martin? Seems like just yesterday the left was all beside themselves at the idea that young men were being judged as criminals because they go around with hoods up. You can't judge someone just because you see him wearing a hood, we were told. The hoods don't mean anything unless it's a white guy with a hooded sweatshirt. Get real, David Downing. Nice. Back to Kate Smith. Wow. The Flyers, late last week quite literally ran out and covered the statue of Kate Smith with black canvas. I'm looking at a picture right now. It's okay. just it's a joke. Now the statue is gone. It's been removed. Wow. It's there's a a vacant square of concrete. So we now have to hate Kate Smith. Well, I We can't tolerate Kate Smith. Uh, on the heels of the Yankees pulling the late singer Kate Smith's rendition of God Bless America, uh, the Flyers are doing the same thing. And members of Smith's family who didn't find out about the move until KYWTV told them are outraged at the Flyers. The team also said Smith's God Bless America no longer would be played at games and has been erased from its library. You're going to have to erase 90% of American culture going all the way back to Columbus. Aunt Catherine was probably one of the kindest people I've ever met. Susie Androde added to KYW. She was certainly anything but a prejudiced person. She loved everybody. All that's left now is the base upon which Smith's statue stood. Uh, Smith's version of God Bless America, penned by Irving Berlin and introduced during a 1938 radio program, became a second national anthem in the face of Adolf Hitler's rise to power and Nazi Germany's global threat. Here's a great picture of Kate Smith signing a bomb to Hitler from Kate. (laughs) That's a famous photo. At the height of her career during World War II, she repeatedly was named one of the three or four most popular women in America, according to Smith's 1986 New York Times obit. 
no single show business figure even approached her as a seller of war bonds during World War II. In one 18-hour stint on the CBS radio network, Miss Smith sold $107 million worth of war bonds, which were issued by the government to finance the war effort. Wow. Her, ser- her total for a series of marathon broadcasts was over $600 million. Smith and Berlin both waived royalties for God Bless America so that the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts organizations could have the money. Wow! The Flyers and Smith share a long history as the team used her recorded version of God Bless America before regular season and playoff games during the early 70s. The Flyers also had Smith come to Philadelphia to sing God Bless America in person. The Flyers won back-to-back cups in 74 and 75, and Smith has been the, good, the team's good luck charm ever since. But other lyrics Smith sang led the team to cut ties with her. She sang something called Piccaninny Heaven, uh, dedicating it in a 1933 video to children in a New York City orphanage. The song is about uh, going to an imagined place with the great big watermelons and bushels of pork chops and... and, uh, uh, and, and, of course, she would say today, I can't believe I sang that, right. but that's what we were doing then. Uh, she also uh, uh, sang a song called That's Why Darkies Were Born, which, of course, violates current sensibilities, which noted that someone had to pick the cotton and had to pick the corn. Someone had to slave and be able to sing That's Why Darkies Were Born. That later tune was considered satire at the time, according to the New York Daily uh, but News. By the way, she did not write that. No. Who did? Uh, Ray Henderson and Lou Brown wrote that song, mm-hmm. uh, and it was also, like you said, it was it was considered a satire of racism, so much so that uh, civil rights activist Paul Robeson recorded a version of Good it. Good Lord, he's black. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he was certainly not conservative. He was, in fact, accused of being a communist. Mm-hmm. How can people not? Uh, I the history. What that. I'm speechless, Joe. I know you are. What she did for this country. We covered this uh, extensively on Friday, and it gave rise to a new theory I have. Uh, you listened to the podcast for Friday's show. I did. The task of sanitizing this country is going to become so immeasurably large that the work will never be done. Nope. And it is my suspicion or my fear that because that work is going to be found to be so overwhelming that the government will inevitably have to become involved in the sanitization process. And there you will have a whole new Bureau of Appropriateness or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, Orwell called it the Ministry of Truth. It'll be called something and then... uh, you know, Kate, the Kate Smith controversy would go to a tribunal of the government. And so we would actually have fellow Americans sitting in judgment on what what aspects of our history we can demolish and what aspects of our history we cannot. My additional fear being that mostly they would approve of the continuing demolishing of our history. Because that's the way you bring about the mystery. And it's going to continue to get intensified and continue to be pushed further the, the, the longer the snowball continues to grow. Why did why did the Yankees or the Flyers not 
stand up to this? I was going to get to this. John, help me uh, fill in the holes with this story, because I wanted to ask if the Yankees were the one that started, or because Philadelphia followed suit, correct? Yeah, the Yankees did. Here's first. why I guarantee the Yankees did it. A couple of years ago, Ronan Tynan used to do right, we, God we Bless America. That, and then he was thought to have said an anti-Semitic remark that he thought was a joke. And so they, I guarantee, wanted to get out ahead of this, mm-hmm. the, the Yankees being, saying, well, we can't look, we can't, you know, let this fall without us noticing again. So there's a couple of things we don't know uh, because reporting isn't what it used to be. Who alert? I was unaware that Kate Smith sang those songs. Never heard. Were of you that. aware, John? I never heard. Well, who, of those who, songs, who no. in the Yankee front office one day came in and said, "You know, we got to get rid of Kate Smith." Or did some somebody? It, it, so some social justice warrior got on this. Yeah, right. In fact, exactly. the statement from the Yankees I'm looking at right now said, "We have quote been made aware yeah. of a recording." So somebody, you're right, the social. So you get rid warrior. of this, or I'm going to dot dot dot. Well, but but you don't need to get rid of it. No, need, I mean, that, that's to, what the, the person said. Right, but the Yankees and the Flyers had no one in their employ who said, no, wait a minute here, wait a minute here. These songs are unknown because they have faded, like Downing says, they have faded from consciousness. They're no longer, we of course understand that those songs would mm-hmm. never be sung and recorded. Mm-hmm. Of course we know that. Kate Smith did a, a, a amazing service for this country in World War II, among her other virtues. And she sings a wonderful version of God Bless America. We're keeping it. Can you imagine the money she could have made oh, yeah. from the copyright of mm-hmm. that song? But she gave it, you said, to the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what about the current selection of songs that are using the N-word and those artists? Why is there a pass? Uh, if this was in the 1930s and they're making music using these uh Obscenities. Why? Why are? When are? Well, well, let me let me, let me rephrase your question. Why are current rap stars uh, getting away with uh, misogynistic and racist lyrics? And, and not just African Americans. White guys. Yeah, too. yeah. I'm, I'm saying they're all I, dropping the end. I, I don't know. I, I I have no answer except to utter hypocrisy. I want. Yeah. I wonder when, when, or if that will ever catch up. This came up when we were the baby. It's cold outside controversy mm-hmm. from a few months ago, and and someone said, "Yes, please." You know, sarcastically speaking, "Yes, please." Let's ban baby. It's cold outside because so-and-so and and just these horrific Mm -hmm. uh, lyrics that that they were, you know, saying. Has anybody contacted the NAACP or any African-American leaders, politicians? I'm I'm unaware of any of them weighing in on this. Uh, uh, What what astounds me is that in every single instance of power washing, we're seeing no pushback. Because people don't want to have that attached to them but what what is in defending that kate smith in defending kate smith as an employee of the yankees or the flyers i would not uh, consider myself bowing to some sort of racism i would consider myself bowing to the idea that you can't continue to erase this country's history or you will have no history and, and none of them had the balls to say are you kidding me of course, we had to be made aware of this. No one's aware of it. No one's aware of it. Why is no one aware of it? Because our sensibilities have been enlightened in the last 80 years. I know all about uh, Strange Fruit. Do you know that song? Yeah. By Billie Holiday? Yeah. I've never heard this song, ever. Yeah. You know who I'd like to hear on the matter? Uh, uh, his thoughts on the matter? Alan Page. 
simply because I know <laughs> I he, wouldn't. He collects. <laughs> I know. He's probably thrilled that they're dumping Cade Smith. Uh, I wouldn't think Alan so. And, Alan uh, and I... Uh, Oh. I love him, and I've covered him, and uh, uh, but I don't think he—he's uh, not a garage logician. Let's put it that way. I know that, yeah. But yeah. I, I immediately thought of his collection and what he collects. He's and... like Hank Aaron saved every vicious letter ever written to him. Do you think that's his motivation for his collection? Well, let me finish my thought. Hank Aaron would occasionally go up in his attic and sit there and read these things, destroying himself, you know, allowing himself to seethe. Uh, why Page is saving, you know, colored only drinking fountain signs is beyond me because he oh. thinks it's an important part of history to uh, to not let escape. Well, so maybe maybe he would have. I'll, I'll try him. I'll that, try him. That's why I, I just wondered because I didn't. I never questioned his motives for collecting that stuff, other than it's a bygone old, you know. I I, I don't era. question his motives for for collecting it either. It's. Uh, Anyway, I would getting... now. I would be really interested to hear what he has to say about the current state. About you uh, talking about, you know, what if I was an Afri- African American parent, I would uh, and the way um, they're they're uh, catering to these uh, students, saying, "Oh, you're you're an African American, we'll give you some slack." Wouldn't he, as a as a justice, say, "Same rules apply"? Let's, you know, you. I did this. I educated myself. I hope so. I played football, and look at I lived the American dream. Well, let's get back to Kate. Okay. Okay. Can't you pretty much find something wrong with anything you want to find something wrong with? Absolutely. Yep. That's going to be our future. That's going to be what, unfortunately. And can you see the inevitability that the government will in some way have to get in the business of approving our cultural affectations. Okay, mm-hmm. so so our country's history is going to start post the start of post slavery. If you owned a slave, you're stricken from the records. Then it will be, um, uh, you know, colored uh, drinking fountains. In other words, in other words, the government has to be sitting there thinking, look at all the juice these people get from a single social justice warrior. Somebody contacted the Yankees, and they got the Yankees to get rid of Kate Smith. And look at the next thing you know, the Flyers not only stopped the song, they got rid of her statue. And the government's got to be thinking, I want this business. We want this business. Right. We want to monopolize this. Is, we, we, can do, we can do this. We'll have a new office building full of computers and secretaries and laptops and Look iPads at how successful and, it's extended throughout the academy. Mm-hmm. The government will say, well, we can do that, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. We're a bit doomed. Uh, we're just uh, we're just a bit doing. It's not so much fun doing the podcast like we said earlier in the show, is it? <laughs> you know, when I was a fervent motorcycle rider, I'm a scooter rider now. Dennis Kirk can still take care of me with that scooter because it's 155 cc's. If I wanted to, I'd go on the freeway. But when I was a fervent rider, that does bring peace to your life <laughs> because it, it it's it so absorbs your attention span that really the only thing you can think of when you're biking. Is to be biking. I caught that on the scooter too. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, going up and down university. And... Uh, when you women want to talk to a real guy about motorcycles, let me know because I'm actually working on a motorcycle project that involves Dennis Kirk. Well, so... I'm talking about DennisKirk.com, the trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. More than a hundred and sixty thousand parts. 
in stock. They're right here in Minnesota. Satisfaction guarantee. You call them by 8 o'clock today. You'll get the product tomorrow. And if you order a helmet or apparel product and you end up not liking it or she comes out and FFLFs you, no problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. DennisKirk.com. Order by 8 p.m. today and get it tomorrow. When you started this ad, I went to DennisKirk.com. I'm I'm bringing out a mini bike of mine for my nephew to restore this summer. I entered in 1977 Yamaha DT100. How I'm many not, parts pop up? I'm now looking. <laughs> I'm looking at 60 different items. Uh, specifically made for that bike that DennisKirk.com sells. It's just amazing. Do they have the, remember those tassels you got for my scooter? Do they sell those there? <laughs> anyway, DennisKirk.com, $89 or $89 order ship for free. Order it today. Get it tomorrow. A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Actually, the best lawn you'll ever see is guaranteed by clicking ProfessionalTurf.com. And the way it goes down is really so simple. Click that link, schedule a free lawn care estimate, have a seasoned pro, a pro-turf pro, stop by that estate and set up a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed-killing program that will have your lawn looking luscious and luxurious from now until late fall. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. Mr. John Heights News, sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. It's almost dandelion season. Uh-oh. Latte schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Got to turn your mic on, Pat. Yes. Here's a Johnny Hyatt. Here's Johnny Hyatt. Johnny, 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 Packed this, yeah. I packed the well of my scooter under the seat with 50 pounds of plastic bags, and I make a run down there and dump them in the old bin. I hope they're, I hope they're getting recycled. I'm being told they are. Yeah, they probably yeah. go and just dump them right in the river. I hope not. <laughs> Here comes Grandpa Bags again. Here comes the bag, Grandpa. I like grandpa. picturing him going down the other sidewalk, and the bags are flapping <laughs> out of the side. <laughs> I did get quite the look though, when I did arrive at the, the market because I had my, uh, remember that hat Kirby wore during the 87? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I got one of those helmets and uh, nice. had the Harley gloves on and uh, I was looking pretty bad. Like you got him. I walked up like this. Got away from the group. You're the only guy I know that calls his scooter a hog. Yeah. 
<laughs> Metro Transit and Excel Energy teaming up to power the blue and green light rail lines entirely by wind power on Monday. Yeah, we, told, we said this at the beginning yeah. of the show. The yeah. Twins announced Monday that Target Field has achieved the leadership in energy and environmental design gold recertification for existing buildings, operations, and maintenance. Wow, you get a certificate for that. Yeah, that's called the LEED, Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, L-E-E-D. It's about the only banner they're going to hang. Wow. Speaking of that yeah, ballpark, Jim. Come on. I'm sorry. Speaking of that ballpark, yeah. Uh, Santa Bell Jim has ruined my life. Oh. He's alerted me to a website that has uh, dozens and dozens of pictures uh, of the history uh, of this area, including uh, a lot of pictures of the sports venues. And they're just fantastic. The old Met and Met Sports yeah. Center. Cool. And uh, it's, uh, let's see. Enjoy yourself with this site. You are about to lose several hours of your day. It's www.pinterest.com slash Jackson. I don't know how to tell you to navigate Pinterest, but I linked to it. And it I that saw a some... That's a hookup site. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Pinterest a, is a... No, uh, it's you're not. It's old photos. Decoration. Yeah. Decoration ideas and Pretty recipes. Stuff. Oh, it's not where I've been sending the photos of my. Uh, no. no, correct. No, no. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a different website. Oh, yeah, different. you might want to check out your group. Leave me out of your group. You're uh, a Pinterest guy, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Hey, uh, you brought up the twins. I have a question about the twins and the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Are the twins good or are the Orioles? The twins bad? are going to be a fringe playoff team. They have a chance to win the division, but I'm Baltimore is god awful. Okay. Baltimore will yeah. be, if not the worst, the second worst. Because that in was baseball. a string of uh, three very interesting games that I yeah. listened to. On that the was radio. a major league record for home runs by two teams in a doubleheader. Yeah, a major league record. Yeah. The uh, the Orioles. I watched part of that game yesterday in a restaurant. I didn't recognize, and I I'm fairly knowledgeable about. John, who's you playing you watch the sport, yeah, and I had no clue. Yeah. Two thirds of their roster, no clue who they were. So, is uh, boys, uh, you're at Houston still playing? tonight. Is who Ripken at uh, the Ripken? No, he's, no, he's not, not, no, no, not, no, not, not Brooks, no Brooks Robinson. He's either, gone. Sorry. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Egan, please. Paul is gone. Eddie yeah. Murray's gone. Eddie Murray, first base. Oh, by not the way, Eddie. Eddie. I had a, a whole house full of family over the weekend. My sure. we we did Easter at our house, so my wife's entire family was over, and I got to show. Were they shoving that double smoked ham oh into their God. pie hole as I fast as they could? I have no leftovers. Yeah. I'm so mad. Yeah. The entire ham is gone. I told you you've been by enough. But I got to show my brother-in-law. The great Earl Weaver meltdown because he had oh, never seen it oh, yeah. before, and best. he was in tears. I showed oh, some yeah. boys the uh, <laughs> the Trottier uh, meltdown with bellows, <laughs> yeah. and then I showed them the old. My favorite is still Lee Ely's yes. tirade about people actually showed up at the ballpark. Don't these bleepers have jobs? <laughs> have jobs. Ripping the people who actually show, show up. Paid money. <laughs> Oh, He's like the patron God. saint for the Krabby Coffee Shop. Yeah. Yes, There's a, there should be a statue of him outside. I think I think that hastened my father's death, showing him the Lee Elia thing. He said, this is what you do for a living? <laughs> he was crying. He was laughing so hard. But, John, tell me, because it was Bill, who was the umpire in the Earl Weaver? Was it Bill uh, Haller? Bill Haller. Wait, yeah. Weren't they buddies? He and Earl, I like think drinking all, buddies. Yeah, they all knew each other. You're here for one to, reason to bleep us. I've been trying to explain what a podcast is to my dad for a year now. <laughs> <He> just <laughs> blank stare. It's just not that no, difficult. It's like your phone and your truck. They you all kind of talk to each other, yeah. and he's like, "Huh? That's what so did it, did any of you guys over Easter play the chicken game? Oh no, Kenny, the chicken game. No, don't look at this chicken. Game over. Game over. 
That's pretty That's funny. You just play the chicken game. Wow. It says, don't look at this chicken. It's right you know, up there with red and blue the paint. Chicken, it's game over. You know, off air, Kenny, off air, Kenny was making fun of Joe and I for maybe not having a life, and, and Rook just showed us that. Oh, but, wow. you know. The chicken game. Don't look at this chicken. Oh, game over. You know who, wow. when you show him, I need to be in the room, when you show that to Pat. I yeah, need to be I in the room. Uh, what the? Why are we looking at a chicken? And then he'll turn around and walk away. <laughs> the game is over. I did not play it. John, I have a news item. Yes. According I'm going to write this down, okay? <laughs> yes, Joe? According to a frustrated Birmingham, Alabama weatherman, James Spann, the U.S. has a geography literacy problem. Span, chief meteorologist at ABC, asked on the air, if I were to give you a blank map with no labels, no highways, just county lines and state lines, could you draw a dot within 50 miles of your house? As an experiment, Span visited rotary clubs and other venues near him to ask adults the same question. I would give them a blank map with county lines and state lines, and I would say, put a dot within 50 miles of your house, Span uh, told here and now's Jeremy Hobson. In almost every situation... 60 to 70% of the people could not do it. Wow. Are you kidding me? Whoops. You get the outline of Minnesota, in other words, yep. with counties. And, and these people can't put it? a pencil mark by their house? I could do it. But I could do it, that, too. 50 yeah, miles, it. within 50 miles so of their house. does it include bodies of water? <laughs> the map? Yeah. I would imagine. Because one of my favorite map geek pastimes is going to Google Earth. Yeah. With no roads, no anything, no state lines, and just finding places I've been with no reference points uh-huh. to get me there. That's how much I geek out on maps. I, I love the maps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you got to have... Uh, I've got an entire room in my house devoted to maps. I, I, can, okay. I can understand. Wow. Okay. I can you do understand. Not. Do you? I've got a lot of stuff to do in my free time. <laughs> uh, I hear there's rumors on the... Uh, Internets. Yep. <laughs> he can handle a power saw. Hello. He can uh, have filters on internets. What's this one? He can handle a power saw, but when it comes to the power of the internet, <coughs> uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. <laughs> Before not the... once, but at least twice, not President politics. Bush has inexplicably added an S. Oh, we can... yeah, the internet. Before the the show started this morning, I was looking for two routes from here to Vegas. I want to drive to Vegas and back. Why? uh, To pick up some furniture for a loved one. Um, But I don't want to take the same route. Does your wife know about this? (laughs) (laughs) And what do I mean by furniture? (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) Do I mean the kids that I may have with somebody else? No, I do not mean that. (laughs) Egan Police and Schmidt and Sons Bus Company are teaming up to help stop distracted drivers this week. Egan Police Department said in a news release, officers from around Dakota County will be getting on a school bus and looking for distracted drivers. So you were right, Kenny. This is what they do. Yeah. Local school bus drivers say vehicles... It's not enough. ...say vehicles passing them while their stop arm is out are, and the red lights are flashing is becoming a daily occurrence. Wow. A lot of those violators seem to be distracted behind the wheel. To bring attention to the problem, Egan officers, along with those Dakota County officers will be taking part in an operation being called Busted by the Bus. This is posturing. It's BS. 
According to the district, Independent School District 196 makes about 8,800 stops a day and sees 8 to 18 violations in a typical day where the drivers go around the buses. You know, that's just fine and stop those people and that's a dumb practice, but if you really want to get people off their phones, put these cops in the big trucks like mine and with no antennas, no markings, no, markings. no lights, none of that because we're all looking for undercover cops on the highway. And that's the only way you're going to get them. I hope you got great coverage. If you have a business that requires a fleet of your people out driving, I hope you've contacted Federated Insurance. Federated Insurance tailors the insurance programs to your business. They offer property and casualty life and disability income insurance. Their marketing reps are the best in the business. They get to know you, the business owner, how your business operates. That allows them to customize the coverage you need. As I said, driving, for example, they'll talk to you about auto liability. They'll also probably remind you to uh, don't be distracted when you're driving. Worried about a cyber attack? You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative. That's Owatonna, Minnesota's own federated insurance. To see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. And that's the one. Third time's a charm. Let's all stay in the filters on him, and that's. Say, get into any RF Molar Jewelry Store, Jeweler Store, uh, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul is the hallmark, started 68 years ago. 50th in France in Edina, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. Mention that you're thrilled to hear about RF Moeller on the podcast. They'll change your watch battery while you stand around and kibitz. Word. To your mother. President Trump contending Monday that none of his underlings routinely defy his commands, despite numerous examples contained in Robert Moeller's report showing aides ignoring or refusing his dictates. Trump said during a walkabout on the South Lawn for the annual Easter egg roll... Nobody disobeys my orders. Ooh. Wow. And he said it just like that, too. He looked at the camera and went, nobody disobeys my orders. Thank you, Papa Trump. Can you bring up the share cartoon from uh, Greg Holcomb? Uh, Go ahead, John. I'll tell you why when you get it up. Mueller's document uh, contained anecdotes after anecdote of aides refusing to carry out some of the president's demands to short-circuit the special counsel's investigation. The trend was so marked. uh, The trend was so marked that the report's authors made note of it in their assessment. 
Why Cher? I just watched an episode of Sonny and Cher last uh, last night. Catching up? You do have a lot to she do. Was, uh, she and was. You're very, ripping us. She's very mean to uh, Sonny. Yeah, yeah, I think she always is picking on him on the show. Making fun well, of. I'll his, turn around and look at Holcomb's latest cartoon. Making fun of his swimsuit area. The Cher makeover. Now the emailer, uh, Richard. Russell from Stetsonville, Wisconsin, notes, when you talked about the share cartoon, you passed over one other change besides the sign. Look at her neck. The feminist symbol in the left panel is replaced by a gold cross. Did Holcomb do this in honor of Good Friday, the day on which it was posted? I bet he did. Oh, man, I didn't uh, even notice I that. I bet he did. Yep. Yep. Huh. All are welcome here. Is share lopsided? Well, uh, Greg <laughs> took into account m- much of the work she apparently has had done over the years. Yeah. Yep. Ten-year-old Sarah Hinesley doesn't understand why it's so remarkable she won a national handwriting competition. She paints and draws and sculpts clay. She can write in English. She can write some Mandarin. When she learned to write in cursive this year, Sarah said she thought it was kind of easy. What's her uh, name? I want to look up uh, Sarah what? Hinesley. H-I-N-E-S-L-E-Y. I know. It's coming. It's fascinating. Yeah. The reason some people are amazed by this, Sarah was born without hands. Mm-hmm. So how does she write? Her third grade teacher said, I've never heard of she said, I've never heard this little girl say, I can't. She's a little rock star. She tackles absolutely everything you can throw at her and gives it her best. Sarah's a third grade student at St. John's Regional Catholic School in Frederick, Maryland. She won the 2019 Nicholas Maxim Award for her cursive handwriting. That award given each year to two students with special needs, one for print writing and the other for script. Uh, Sarah's never worn a prosthetic. When she's offered help or a tool that might ease some tasks, like cutting paper with scissors, she rejects it, according to her mom, Catherine. Uh, Catherine says she has an independent streak where she just knows that she can do it and she'll figure it out her own way. To write Kenny, you ask how she does it? She grips her pencil between her arms. She focuses on the shapes of letters, each point and curve. Writing in cursive, she says, feels like creating artwork. So she's not a foot writer? No. She said, I like the way the letters are formed. It's kind of like art. Johnny, I missed it. I'm Good sorry. What, what was yeah. her ailment? I know you said she was, uh, she born, was born without hands. About, but was there something that she had? That'll that, happen once in a while. You never know uh, how that comes about. Maybe fingers don't fully develop or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. I, when I worked at Dayton's. <laughs> that, that'll happen, he said. That'll happen. When I worked, I worked at the cash office at Dayton's like in Rosedale. It's like it's 1950 <laughs> in your <laughs> Don't worry about it, kids. That'll happen. There was a lady that did not have arms, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. she would, with her foot, yep. right up on the counter, yep. open up the checkbook, and write out her check with Fantastic. her toes. Wow. It was a, she went cool. with the toes. How did this you gal not, goes with uh, the stuff. How right. did you not just laugh your head off? Just I didn't. I was very impressed. No, no. It's got to be the funniest thing. Crazy? Well, you're no. a little kid. You see that? It's got to be the funniest well, thing you've ever seen. Well, I was an adult, so life. I think I was beyond that. But oh. I didn't no. ask her about no. it. I said, wow, you've worked with you long enough to know you're not beyond that. Well, congratulations to this young gal. That's fantastic. I would just like to see that lady work with John and use one of his pens. Because yeah, John doesn't like anybody no, touching his pen. I don't like you touching Nobody. my pen. Why don't you do one more story? One more. Yeah. Uh, how about four small earthquakes hit parts of Alaska over there? There you go. Find something there else. you go. That six. <laughs> Seems to be a dichotomy of opinions <laughs> on this one. <laughs> go with what he said. Yeah, I think I go. I listen to Joe, not yes, you. Definitely. Yeah. At 6.04 p.m. Sunday, a magnitude 3.1 earthquake hit a spot 26 miles east of Kanik Fairview a town of about 900 people in the Anchorage metropolitan area. At 11.48 in the morning Sunday, a magnitude 3.0 earthquake hit the Prince William Sound region of Alaska. At 10.31 p.m. Saturday, a magnitude 5.1 earthquake hit the 
and Rionoff Islands region of Alaska, which is about 11,200 miles west of Anchorage. If you were the gal rook that had to use the feet to write the checkout, would it be easier just to use cash? You still got to dig it out. You with still got to count it out. And when, she, when she's paging, you know how you, when you have to go through a lot of paper or cash or yeah. your checkbook, yeah, lick your finger. I lick her toe. How did she get her foot up to the counter? She must have been in she good shape. She was very flexible. Yeah. She I did. mean, not that I know. I, she just was, her foot How old right a gal was this, do you think? She was probably in her 40s at the I time. I wonder if she's still doing it, you know, in her well, 70s. Well, yeah, she didn't grow arms, yeah. dummy. Yeah. Or her, uh, her <laughs> toenails painted. whatever. Toenails painted. Uh, no, I think they were more uh, for useful. Uh, so you wouldn't call the feet sexy? No, I think they were more, uh, they were <laughs> workers' feet. Oh, calloused. Yeah, yeah, they were. Did uh, she wear shoes? She did, did she but she would she would too. take them off to be uh, tough to write with the shoe on, wouldn't it? Right, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I was amazed. Did you ask her if she had any other? Uh, no, I I just kept it strictly business. I uh, any other it, no skills? Not at all. For strictly related. She wrote out her check, and I uh, typed else, out uh, it, put it on her account, and gave her a receipt. Kind of a, what else can you do with those? Sent her on her way. Sure. Yeah, kind of a long podcast. Yeah. Everybody's getting a little punchy. I'm huh? out of here. Goodbye. 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 Ended on a high note. Ended on somewhat of a medium high note. Hey, GarageLogic.com. That's where I just went to go show the staff the share cartoon from Mr. Greg Holcomb. You can also find out there what's on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. And you can listen to some of the podcasts that maybe you've missed out on. Chris Reavers does all the descriptions, and that is garagelogic.com. If you'd like to be an advertiser, well, we love our advertisers, and we love the fact that our listeners patronize our advertisers greatly. So check it all out. Oh, Apple iTunes, rate us. Good, bad, or indifferent. We love to get your feedback. We do appreciate that. All right, Garage Logic podcast version. And don't forget about the sister podcast, Table Talk with Rookie's Family. Brand new, brand new edition just out. Table Talk with Rookie's Family. Garage Logic podcast version. Thanks, guys.